Steve King and Johnny Futman at WGN Radio. Boy, does that bring back a lot of memories. That's for people who would get up at 3.45 to start their day, and they would hear this once a week, and they knew the next thing they were going to hear was Gino, Gino, Gino the, the showbiz machino. Gino, oh, no, no. Yeah. I'm not going on until I hear the whole intro, the way Steve <laughs> used to do it. He forgot. I'm trying to. You? I'm he, trying to think of how I. He I, actually forgot the intro. How did I do it? It was something like your voice going, "Well." <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was yeah, well, it, it was. And then his Mr. Ed voice. Oh, I'm trying to remember what I said. Uh, well, boys and girls. Yes. Um, oh, and I got to remember. I haven't done that in so many years. You're going to have to send me the script, Gino. That hurts. By the way, hmm. congratulations on having the voice of God doing news for you. Oh, how about it? Yeah. <laughs> the one of voice. Yep. And you know what's funny? He's like four foot seven. And it seems so wrong that that voice should be coming out of his body. <laughs> now, Gino, how many years did we do a showbiz report? Oh, my God. At least 10. Oh, yeah. no. I, I said it was 17. You know, but, okay. <laughs> We should back up for a second for people who who don't know. Yes, uh, Gino is uh, Gino Salomon. He's with uh, WITI Fox Six TV in Milwaukee daily on the news at four, and his interviews run on the Dish Network show Hollywood One on One. And we first met Gino. Was it uh, when you brought some Mr. celebrities? Uh, it, it, it was uh, Mr. Ed? Yeah. Well, not no, Mr. No, Ed. I think it was Pumpkin Fest. Was no. it Pumpkin Fest was the first time. Really? Yes. Jinx Finks. And, and then I brought some people in. And Are you sure you remember your first well, time? You Gina? forgot the intro. You forgot everything about me. This, this is crushing. But we remembered your phone number. <laughs> no, actually, we didn't even remember that. Um, <laughs> and and it, it's awful that I forgot, because as everybody knows, the show is so heavily scripted, I and I just forgot that page of the script. <laughs> That's okay. That's Do you remember okay. that there were, people, talk to you guys. there were people that would say to us, could we get one of your scripts to auction off for our charity? Yeah. You're kidding. Oh, no. Seriously. Oh, at least a dozen times in our lifetime, there have been people that have contacted us and wanted to know if we could have an autographed copy of your script. (laughs) Now, the part I remember was you would say the big and the small, and then Johnny would go, small. (laughs) You're right. Oh, I'm going to have to see if I can find one of those old air checks and and write that down for the next time we have you on. Oh, that's right. Um, Now, just to show you that there are people listening now that did hear you at 345 in the morning, here is a listener from a 708 area code who wants to know about your ear hair. How... You realize there are a whole lot of people right now that they have enough reason to drive off the road with the ice. Really? Now we just gave them another air hair. Yeah. The hell! I actually remember that story, Gino. You were on a plane, and didn't you yes. stretch your ear hair across the aisle and blow? <laughs> I didn't understand what would happen. I'd get on the plane completely manicured, and by the end of the flight, there would be a, a cable of ear hair coming off of one of my ears. Disgusting. And just something happened in the atmosphere that made your hair grow. I guess so. I guess so. And you kept trying to braid it into a gift for Sandra Bullock. <laughs> and no, I, I told you at one time, a little girl picked it up and was jumping rope in the aisle of the airplane. <laughs> and 
speaking of Sandra Bullock, again, a person who knows you from 345 in the morning says, wasn't he married to Sandra Bullock? <laughs> you know, God bless that person for even, I, I, it's so far-fetched, but to even insinuate that it could have happened makes me incredibly So happy. for many, many years, Gino <laughs> tried to make us believe that he was engaged to Sandra Bullock. No, it's on tape, in fact. <laughs> If I have to produce the tape, I will. She did accept. I put the ring on her finger, and she jumped on my lap and said she was ecstatic. Mm-hmm. And then they gave her medication. And then she sobered up. <laughs> I don't care. For those minutes. That's right. An item. And then Gino followed up on that when you brought your mother, quote-unquote, Florence Henderson, onto the set yes. so that she could seal the deal, right? Well, if you go to YouTube and look up Sandra Bullock and Gilbert Gottfried, you will see the tragic mistake when I was interviewing Sandra and Melissa McCarthy for The Heat. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, Melissa, I've been trying to tell her how I feel for all these years, and she never hears me. So I brought someone who she might hear. <gasps> well, I should have known better because, first of all, she loved Gilbert Gottfried, which is great. But he went way off script. <laughs> No. (laughs) So, Gino, do you ever pinch yourself and say, wow, they pay me to do this? I still do. Look, it's the greatest job. And I've had so many amazing memories. I was looking back at just this year, in fact. You know, they sent me to Liverpool for the Yesterday movie. Now, I always wanted to go. And I, I love the Beatles. It was just great to be able to to experience that. I guess, and uh, that that movie was was one of the real nice surprises uh, of the year for us. Yeah. I, I frankly, I really wasn't anticipating anything, and I came out thinking, "What a sweet movie!" Made I me really, feel good. really liked it. Yeah, it was a really good. Uh, it, yeah, you just felt good afterwards. But it also what made a great it, premise. It made us talk a lot. Remember, we were with um, Beatles fans, and we had yeah. a great dinner conversation afterwards over that movie. So, as you look back over 2019, you see all the movies, you go to all of the press junkets, you get to interview all the stars. Who, hands down, who is your favorite person to interview? Well, I think you just said it. How can it get any better than it does with Sandra Bullock? Still? I mean, she's fun, she's nice, she gives great answers. Yeah. Yeah. it's hard to top that. Okay, does Tommy Lee Jones still hold the record for being the worst interview? <laughs> yes. For me and for everybody else that does this. But you were always I, I terrified. That, yeah, LA Magazine did a cover story one time, and it was 100 Things to Fear in Los Angeles. And <laughs> Number one was Earthquake, number two was Mudslides, number seven was Tommy Lee Jones at a press junket. And I'm not kidding. Oh my gosh. I'm not surprised. And there were times when Gina would join us and say, I'm going to LA. I have to interview Tommy Lee Jones. I am absolutely terrified. It's going to be worse than it was the last time I interviewed him. He gave me a catchphrase in Milwaukee. People that don't even know me come up to me and they just look at me and go, and because I asked him a question and he responded and said, and, and I didn't say anything. And then he said, and a second time, what? and I wanted to say what I really thought of him, but and? I held on. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Wow. 
So uh, who, yeah. are th- who are the new kids out there, though, that you've interviewed and you said, wow, we're going to be hearing a lot from this one in, you know, five years, ten years, whatever? Well, i got to say, this year I've been impressed more with the old guard, and uh, I want to start with the Irishman, the Netflix oh. movie. Did you guys make it through it? No. I didn't have any interest. I, I, I'm sorry. I, it's I'm three and a half hours, and somebody steals that movie that was, to me, completely unlikely. And that was Joe Pesci. That's interesting. Because I thought I was going to. I was going to say to you, I might see the movie just based on Joe Pesci's acting in the movie. Yes, because when Martin Scorsese approached him about doing this, he said, "No, he was in retirement," and he said, "No, I don't want. We've done this already." Mm-hmm. Well, this character is so unlike anything that Joe Pesci has done; it's unbelievable. So, I, I would recommend seeing it just just for his performance. But, you know, everyone else is great in it, too. But hasn't it been done before? Didn't you find yourself after an hour and a half going, yeah, okay, I'm an Italian no. guy. This has been done before. Maybe it's because I'm an Italian guy. More, more. That is younger uh, and it's behind the scenes is Greta Gerwig, who we've seen, you know, as, a, as an actress before. But what she did with Little Women, I thought was incredible. She just really? did an amazing. Yes, wrote the script and you know really, really did a great job. I th- I think it's in my top ten. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear that because I just read a Variety article about why Little Women is not getting attention and won't get attention because uh, guys don't like movies that are about women and by women and i thought yeah, blah, blah, that's, blah, blah, that's kind of a broad brush to paint with and that and, that, that takes me back and i've told this story before but that kind of prejudice takes me back to my first job in radio when i was told you cannot you will not play more than one female vocal in an hour because the wow. audience won't stand for it I thought, wow the hell and yeah. then, 10 years after that, when I got into radio, we were told that we could not play them back-to-back, because radios will turn off if you play a Barbara Streisand and an Olivia Newton-John yeah. back-to-back. Wow. Yeah, really. That was now, it. did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. Yes. And I loved it. Really, I really enjoyed it. Go ahead. I, I really enjoyed it. it. It led us into a conversation about projecting what probably happened, happened after the final scene there. Oh, but I tell right. you, Brad Pitt, you cannot take your eyes off him in yeah. that movie. When he's wearing those white jeans and that white jean jacket, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think well, let's he... also talk about that young girl, though, Julia Oh, never mind. She's yes. wonderful. <laughs> Unbelievably good. And yes. then there's a... A man who lives in Wisconsin, uh, Mike Moe, who plays Bruce Lee, he, mm-hmm. uh, he and his wife live here by choice. They live outside of Madison because they wanted to raise their family here. I thought he was incredible, although Bruce Lee's uh, daughter, not happy about That's it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Johnny, help me. I, I have a uh, brain fade. What was the the article I told you about within the past two weeks? It was... An album that I got, and it was referring to the guy who was the stuntman, who actually, this was based on his, his life, life, but he was a friend of, oh, I don't know. who's, oh, darn. Right. 
But Tarantino's mind, he probably came across this album because the way he his mind works. And I, frankly, take away my American Girl card if you want. I don't like Tarantino movies. I absolutely loved this movie. Yeah. Well, let's just talk even about the look of it. How yes. he, it felt like the 19, you know, the 1960s. Yeah. And how the radio station, KHJ, became a, a character, character in, in the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Yes. And they were using... If if you go to his theater, Quentin Tarantino has a theater in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I went to see it again uh, at his theater. He had KHJ air checks playing before and after the movie, which was incredible. And then he he showed some scenes uh, that did not make it, including the hullabaloo scene that was in the trailer of Leo DiCaprio uh, singing and dancing that mm. I thought was incredible. That's why what, the DVD is out. I believe that's in there. You oh. have to see it because it felt like you were watching Hullabaloo. <laughs> I loved Hullabaloo. <laughs> because Bobby Sherman was on Hullabaloo. That's why I loved no, it. No, Bobby Sherman was on... Uh, Please. Uh, he was uh, Shindig. <laughs> he was one of the uh, part of the Shindogs. Okay, Which now, in, I heard you guys arguing about the decade. Now, if you start with the Smokey the Bear stuff again, <laughs> I'm leaving. And the Shindogs <laughs> included people like the Righteous Brothers. Oh, hush. And uh, it, it was just, it was very cool, but it was it was Shindig. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a singing show. And it's Smokey Bear. The Bear. <laughs> Gino Salamone is with us talking showbiz with the Machino, so stay with us on WGN. Showbiz train, baby, won't you climb on board? Showbiz train, baby, won't you climb on board? Well, boys and girls, once again, it's time for us to take a look at the lives of those who inhabit the big and small screens and find out just how big or small they really are. And here with the pertinent poop is the pertinent poopmeister, his own bad self, Gino, 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 the the showbiz showbiz machino. It How took, did that happen? <laughs> I, I think he hurt himself during the break. He was he was thinking so hard, he pulled a muscle. <laughs> and I, I didn't look anything up. I, I don't think I got it exact, but that's was pretty good. close enough for jazz. Close. That was it. <laughs> and so that was 3.45 in the morning as Gino would get up to head into makeup for his morning show. <laughs> and again, yeah. for those of you just joining us, uh, where you been? Uh, and we should explain that uh, Gino Salomon is with WITI Fox 6 TV in Milwaukee daily on the news at 4, and his interviews run on the Dish Network show Hollywood One on One. One of my favorite things that you have done over the years, Gino, is you talk to some of the old timers, whether it's yeah. uh, uh, you know Dom DeLuise or, or Carl Reiner or, more recently, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He seems I like... Was able to- spend the day with him uh, the afternoon at his house and it was such a treat now remember he's 93 or 94 now and he looks so good oh he he came in walked into the room with no shoes or socks and was dancing that's that's what he does and i thought okay maybe i'm talking to him too long i tried to end it he said no i love it he said we're talking about my favorite subject me And the recall, I mean, it's amazing. Now, let's also say his wife is in her 40s. So, really? 
And right now yeah. I'm hearing Bob Collins saying, <laughs> if, if she, she dies, dies, she dies. <laughs> well, they sometimes hang out with Peter Marshall, and it's the same situation. Peter Marshall is in his 90s, and his wife is in her, her 40s. What? Yes. Okay. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> Leave it alone, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, and I have to tell you that we didn't speak. I had a favorite musical artist from the 70s mm-hmm. who had never been to the U.S. since the 70s and was in New York for one date, and I decided I was going to go, and I got a chance to spend some time with him. Ooh. He was not a one-hit wonder. But he had several hits. Yeah. One probably called one of the most depressing songs of all time. Can you guess who I'm talking Gilbert about? Gilbert O'Sullivan. Exactly right. You're Alone kidding. again, naturally. You are kidding me. Because no. that is truly the most depressing song ever in pop music. And it's one of those <laughs> classic cases of if you don't listen to the lyrics and you just listen to the melody and the you arrangement, you think, oh, what oh, a fun yeah. little bouncy right. song. Oh. But in a little while from now, <laughs> I throw myself, myself up the- to treat myself and visit a nearby tower. <laughs> oh. yeah. Climbing to the top to throw myself off. Yeah, that's pretty depressing. So you really, really loved him in the 70s and went to... I did. Remember the song Claire? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, There was another one, uh, Get Down, which was also a hit. Which is all... That was kind of a fun song. It it was very un-Gilbert O'Sullivan-y, but it was Well, he had a great voice. I mean, uh, yeah, um, but it's hard to get over the depression. So what was he... I will tell you that he is coming to Chicago April 19th, and I'm going again because the show was so great, and he has a new album, very Paul McCartney-like in the songs Mm. he writes. And he sounds fantastic. He looks the same. It's really, really incredible. Would he be in now, his... do I have to buy tickets for us? <laughs> <laughs> would he be in his 60s, uh, 70s? or? Would I he... would guess 70s. Wow. So and he's he... just a yeah. kid. And he's still got the voice. and Yes, he does. And well... he still has that hair. Remember how big that hair yes, was? Yes, yes. <laughs> was there a good crowd of people there? It was sold out. You're kidding. And where is he going to be no. when he comes to Chicago? The City Winery. Oh. We love the City Winery. Yes. I know. I know. We- now, I hope, now, all you people out there, don't rush and get tickets. We need to get tickets first. <laughs> right. You know, I just realized you've got a, a thing for Gilberts, don't you? Oh, you know what? Gilbert that Godfrey. Kind of get- really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, just- I also booked the guest and for we've Gilbert never. Godfrey. And we've never seen them in the same place no, at the haven't. same time. Hmm. I just clicked on Gilbert O'Sullivan. Man, does he ever have the hair. Yes, yes. Let us and I want to tell you another thing that happened in Chicago hmm. this past year that I look back with great affection. Do, do you know who Phil Rosenthal is? Of course. Yeah. Not, not the writer. Oh. The, the guy who did Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. He also has two shows on Netflix. Every uh, somebody feed Phil, and I'll have what Phil's having. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he taped an episode in Chicago, and Julia Sweeney was nice enough to invite me. And so, when that episode airs, you will see us. We got hot dogs all over the city. How <laughs> many places did you go to? I think we went to three, maybe four. I'm just uh, the. the uh, uh, Superdog? 
We did not go to Superdog. Oh, I don't you didn't go to Superdog? It's an yeah. incomplete piece, then. <laughs> so, Gino, is, is, Gino. is Julia Sweeney in the the series as well? Well, no. It, the series is he goes to different cities and he eats. And so, because oh. she lived in Chicago, he... He hooked up with her. Oh, I see. Right. I see. Right. But she's having an amazing year, too, by yes. the way. Yes. And we all, always have loved Julia Sweeney. And you were kind enough to bring her into the studio mm-hmm. for us to visit with right. her one night. Um, what's her latest project? Okay. She's in a show right now called Work in Progress that's on Showtime, shot completely in Chicago. Hmm. And it's, she, she left the business and raised her daughter with her husband in Chicago and then decided she wanted to go back to show business. So they moved back to L.A. She thought she wouldn't work. She's on three series. Oh, my gosh. Uh, she's also A.D. Bryant's mother on Shrill, uh, which airs on Hulu. We don't do Hulu, but uh, I would I would just to see Julia Sweeney. Yeah. And A.D. Bryant, Chicago's A.D. Bryant, because she was she's so good in that series. You mentioned Hulu. Is that one of the showbiz stories of the year, how the playing field has really been leveled with Hulu, Netflix, and and, and Apple TV, uh, producing great, not only uh, series, but movies? Well, and movies now that are in in contention for Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Have you watched Marriage Story? No, but I've been warned... It's not the easiest thing in the world to watch. No. It's like you're peeking no. in on an actual marriage. It's really yeah. intense. And Adam Driver was incredible. Then the two popes they have on Netflix um, with Anthony Hopkins. Have you seen that one? No. No, but no. heard a lot you know? of good things about it. Yeah. Yes. You will enjoy that. And, of course, they financed and show, uh, they have the Irishman. So, mm-hmm. yes, oh, that's right. For the right. first time, yeah. they're like the leading player right now in, in Hollywood. And I've got to tell you, the amount of press junkets that they're doing is is really staggering, like more than probably all the other studios put together. And that costs money, so that means they're yeah. making money, to, or at least they realize they have to do this to get their name out there and to win the awards, and that it becomes right. a domino effect. Well, what, what kind of an impact is that having on Hollywood? And, and here's what I mean by that. On one hand, for the actors and actresses, it's it's another area for them to apply their trade. But right. how much are the traditional major studios reacting to this kind of stuff? Oh, they first of all, in the whole competing for awards, Netflix flew people in just for parties to you know lobby for votes. Hmm. And the studios don't do that, and they just don't feel like they could compete with them. And, like, The Irishman could not be made. Scorsese tried to make it. The budget was so big, and to do a movie that's three hours and 30 minutes long, everyone else said no, and Netflix said sure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is good for filmmakers because it is a place where, it seems like money is no object if you've got something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Do you think Apple TV is going to be a real contender, too? I know the Jennifer Aniston... Uh, Reese Witherspoon show, yeah. yes, the morning show. It, it got a lot of, of, of press, but I'm just wondering what else is to come from Apple TV. 
Well, that's the, the here's the problem. There are so many streaming services that are going to launch. Yeah. The word is is that Apple TV and and a couple others might get swallowed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone may buy them. Choices, so many choices. Not enough hours in the day. I want you to not I, enough hours in the day. And <laughs> and you know, I'll tell you something. My cable bill is two hundred dollars a month with just HBO and Showtime, and I have never heard of more people cutting the cord. Yes. And yep. just Doing, doing things piecemeal to get what they want. Yeah, yep. yeah absolutely. Uh, uh, if you can, hold on for a couple of seconds. want to come back, and I, I want to uh, remember Jennifer Aniston. I want to come back to that okay. in just a couple of seconds. But stay with us on WGN. Showbiz train, baby, won't you climb on board? Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Time for a few more minutes with uh, Gino Gino, the showbiz machino. And again, remember, you can see Gino... And Milwaukee, W-I-T-I, Fox 6 TV, Milwaukee uh, Daily on the News at 4, and his interviews run on the Dish Network show, Hollywood One-on-One. So uh, I said, let's come back to Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Why on earth did she have any any work done on her face? She did, She didn't need it at all, and it is so noticeable that now she decided to do it. Why? What the? I know. Her mouth is completely misshapen now. It's to me, it's tragic. But it, again, it speaks to the problem in Hollywood. Women are not allowed to age. They don't yeah. feel they're allowed to age. Men can age and continue to work. Uh, I hate that. It's, I know. I know. And, and men and can right. age and continue to work and get forty-year-old women when they're in their nineties. Yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with this picture? Yep. Hey, I, I'm not seeing any age difference. But look what Steve got. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I, I love this couple. Anyway. <laughs> well, no, but it was Steve when I saw that at one, maybe a movie or two ago. I noticed her mouth, and it just—it was so sad. And her very best friend, Courtney Cox, had already been down that road, yeah. and changed her beautiful face. And you'd think she'd right. look at her and say, "Uh, you know what? I'm not going to go there." And and there well, are examples. Cool. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying to think of who is it? Dame, uh, what's her face? Who's never Judy had, Dench? Yeah. Oh, who has, and Helen Mirren. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, you yeah. talk about aging gracefully, Meryl Streep, and sexily, uh, sexily, sexily. Okay. Yes. Uh, but but good for them. They've never had That's any right. facial surgery, and yeah. the, and they're they're wonderful what they do, and they still work. Eva Marie yeah. Fink is in her nineties, and I got <gasps> to interview her a couple yes. years ago. Spectacular. Well, you she know, just looks like a real human being. Do you think Rita Moreno has had work? Because she I is, do. she's stunning. She really is. I know. But and part of it is that so talented. Yeah, you know, that fabulous body too. She's got going on. It's like well, you're wearing an oh, outfit that you noticed. wore in the forties. Come on, woman. <laughs> and I wanted to say something because I knew I was going to be talking to you. Mm-hmm. I had not gone to see it, and I thought it might come up. You mentioned Judy Dench. I yes. went to see Cats. You did. I'm sorry. I was yeah. going to say, what's your take? Are you team cats or not so much? Is it a dog? I'm calling, I'm calling up the great Gene Shallot, who's still alive, how he would have reviewed this. Yeah. Cats is me ow. <laughs> well, I loved what Michael I loved what Michael Phillips wrote about it. Uh it was a uh, cats, it's a dog. Uh, possibly the worst movie of the year, and it gave it zero stars. Strong message to follow, right? Okay, first of all, it was not a great Broadway show to begin with. No, Thank you. I agree. Show. Yes. So you put that, and then the effects, and it just 
people look strange and bizarre, and I love Judy Dench, but she looks like Burt Lahr. In the And then there's a scene, and I, 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 some of the cats wear coats. Mm-hmm. Some might wear a pair of pants. <laughs> I've been to that party. Reclined in a cat bed without anything on, and it made me uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you've got all these stars, so the cost of this movie is mind-boggling. Well, and they've already given up. Universal's already ready to pull it from the theaters, and they're not doing anything trying to get it any awards because it's not going to get any. But, but wait, wait, wait. I predict that in very short time, it's going to become kitschy. It's going to become kind of, uh, uh, you know, maybe they'll figure out a way to do a sing-along with cats, and people will dress up in outfits, and I, I think that may happen. It, 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 was, it, it will tough. become the, uh, the the new Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, bite your tongue. That was a classic. <laughs> That's not so much. Okay, it looks like Cats cost $100 million to produce, and it yes. set Universal back an additional $95 million for global marketing and distribution. Well, that's well, insane. Yeah, here's the other thing. It wasn't done. When they showed it to critics in London, <gasps> it was not finished. So... And then they sent prints out the first week where you could see the person's hands or a wedding ring. What? And then they sent out a fixed print a week later to theaters. Mm. Okay, whatever happens to them, they're to blame. Because yeah. that's just stupid. Right. That well, is you remember just... that when you had a, a, an assignment at school, you got it done? Yep. <laughs> they had an assignment. They had a date firmly, and they could not get it done in time. Wow. That is yeah. weird. So what were your, your favorite, hands down, when you look back on 2019, your favorite movies? Okay, I, I've already said Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right. and The Irishman. Marriage? Uh, I was shocked and impressed by Aquafina in The Farewell, which is a really nice movie uh, about a girl going back to China because her grandmother is dying. Oh, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. We, I want to see that. Yeah, we never get to see like a movie. I thought it was great. You, you um, went in. You went into digital hell for a second. We got. We never get the. Which is We have not been able to see her act like this before, mm-hmm. and it was really, really great to see that. But sadly, we blinked and it was gone. So you have to yeah. see it on yeah. demand or just wait till it's available. Because Aquafina right. was did the talk show circuit, and I thought she was delightful. She yeah. sold me on the movie. I thought it was a great idea, and every clip that I saw I thought was delightful, and then it wasn't available. Can I throw a documentary at you? That sure, I really sure. Liked? Apollo 11. Now, do you know the story of this? No. Some, they, they had documentary crews documenting the whole Apollo 11 journey. Now, I thought we'd seen everything, but there were these canisters of film that were found, and they are in such pristine shape. Oh, I did and, hear about this, yes. Yeah, it's it's just really an incredible story. It, it, you know, we know what happened, and it takes you back to that time, but it was just incredible to see things that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed. Uh, the movie 1917, which I believe opens the tenth everywhere, this is a crafty, uh, it, it amazes me how they did it. It looks like one continuous shot hmm. of these two soldiers who have to go through um, 
the most dangerous territory to get a message to the British troops to save them from being massacred. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the camera never stops. Like, mm. it, it follows them the entire way. How, how they did it was incredible. Now, one that I'm sure you would like, and maybe you did see, did you see Ford versus Ferrari? No. No, we haven't, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. I loved it. And, I, I you know, your car people to begin with, you, you're really going to enjoy that movie. Hmm. What yeah. did you think of the Joker? Where did you fall on that one? I was so nervous that opening week because I was convinced something bad was going to happen. Yeah. This is not a superhero movie. This is not a cartoon movie. This is a story of a mentally ill man. Yeah. And I really feared something was going to happen. I'm very happy nothing did. And I think it's going to be really hard to beat Joaquin Phoenix. You know, Eddie Murphy's making the rounds, and they're they're working on, you know, getting him a nomination, which I, I'm sure he'll get, but I don't think anyone is going to beat Joaquin Phoenix. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm thinking my money's on Dolomite, the Eddie Murphy character, because everyone that's seen it has just said, yeah. in fact, we have a friend who is a manager of musical acts, and she said, I'm going to require my talent to watch this movie, because there's so much to be learned about basically presenting yourself to the public and, you know, just going for it. Mm-hmm. Perseverance. That's right. Yeah, exactly. never gave up. Never uh, gave up. I have to read this text from a 312 area code. Now, Gino, you've tuned in. You've heard Team 1 and Team 0. When does the decade yeah. end? So yeah. the listener writes, Love you, Johnny, but I believe only Team 1 people believe that cats will live on as a possible <laughs> sing-along. <laughs> Yep. Thank you. Absolutely right. <laughs> that is great. So I guess when I said in our lifetime it will become a cultural phenomenon, this person went, what? Right. I'm going to go with that. It's never going to be a hit in nine lifetimes. Oh, no, that's a good line. That's really good. Oh, gosh. I loved Captain Marvel this year because of who I'm married to. We we go to all of the superhero movies. That may have been one of my favorites. And I honestly, I as much as I love superheroes, I was a little apprehensive about that. But I thought it was a wonderful movie. Yeah. I was really impressed. Yeah. Yes. There was a lot of good stuff. But again, I go back to the business of there's so many choices and so little time to catch all of these things. And, you know, again, Gino, you get paid to watch these movies. Sometimes it's not easy because some of this stuff is just dreck, I'm sure. Right. And, you know, I, I walked out of a movie once, a Richard Gere, Winona Ryder movie, Autumn in New York. Yes. And a woman mm-hmm. wrote me a letter and she said, it is your job to stay through yep. the movie. And she was absolutely right. So I've never walked out of one again. But it was tough during cats. <laughs> I, I I said to Stephen, we he wanted to walk out of Natural Born Killers. I said we can't talk about it unless you stick it out. And Natural Born right. Killers was a case of a movie that I knew, literally, the first ten minutes into it, I knew I was going to hate this piece of dreck. And right. by the time we sat yeah. through whatever it was, the two hours, I was correct in my initial assessment. And can I just well, say that I hope in twenty twenty that we see a little less of Woody Harrelson. I think he's a fine actor, but I'm just sick of Woody. Harrelson. Right, right. Well, did you see Midway? No. Okay. Have you seen him on Saturday Night Live? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Midway, I think he had the same teeth. I'm not kidding. (laughs) It was distracting. And I I interviewed Roland Emmerich. They flew us to Hawaii 
to talk about that movie. Oh now, you would gosh. think if if a, a critic's going to be swayed, it's a trip to Hawaii. No, it did not sway me. The director, Roland Emmerich, said, I knew I needed somebody to, to be the captain of this movie, to be the star of this movie. And I chose Woody Harrelson, and I wanted to go, really? really? <laughs> that was your choice. Oh, Gino. Gino, if we don't... But, uh, I, I don't know if I put him to lead my troops. <laughs> this has been fun, but if we don't uh, wrap this up, they won't let us come back. Okay. Well, it was great so, to talk to you. Thank it's always you. wonderful you to talk too. to you, Gino. Always. And Happy New Year. And I hope that we can be at the same place at the same time next year. That would be great. Thank you, thank Gino. You. Take thank care, you, honey. Gino. Bye-bye.